We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Floyd Street's finest. He's Coach Mark Lieberman. I'm Jack Grossman. And on a night where Michigan State loses to James Madison, Oklahoma State loses to Abilene Christian, Rutgers loses to Princeton, so on, so forth. Louisville and Kenny Bade were not one of those teams to lose to a mid-major on Tuesday night. And that Correct. is and that is a big deal for, for Louisville and for Kenny Payne to be able to avoid that loss. So we're going to talk about it here on this edition of Floyd Street's Finest. Give you, you know, kind of what happened in the game, some big picture thoughts on it. But I think that's just where you got to start here. The most important thing with everything that's happened with Louisville. And again, considering Kenny Payne has a better record than Tom Izzo right now. The fact that Louisville was just able to win the game, survive UMBC, get to one and zero, I I think it 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 doesn't change everything for me, but it's a much bigger deal than what I think you would expect that in any other year over a one point win over a mid major team. Well, yeah, certainly they they showed some signs. You know that that would have been a tough game. They wouldn't have won it last year, so you know they persevered. They didn't play great basketball, but they had some big key stops. They hit some free throws. They came up with 50-50 balls. So those are all things that last year's team wasn't going to do. 
you know, they weren't scoring from the three-point line. It wasn't relying on L. Ellis. They were able to get baskets. They were able to get the free throw line. Again, you know, not to take anything away from it, not sure how they can get those easy baskets against bigger, stronger teams, teams that can wall up and not let you have straight-line drives. But, yeah, it's a big win for them. It's a, it's a big win for Kenny Payne. Um, Friday's a stiffer test with Chattanooga, but it's great for them to be 1-0. Yeah, and I'll say this, and, and we can get into this more, just is what they did that worked so well in this game. Are you able to do that against better opponents? I think that's a great question. I want to get into that. But just from the standpoint of Louisville scored 94 points in this game. And to, to make it really basic, all of last year, Louisville only scored more than 72 points four times. They scored 94 against Western Kentucky, 78 against Florida State, 85 at Miami, and 83 against Clemson. Other than that, they didn't score more than 72 points in any game. So just mm-hmm. from the standpoint of, okay, yes, they relied a lot on the free throw line. Yes, it was a lot of Sky Clark, Mike James, Trey White, Ty- Tyler Johnson getting to the basket, and UMBC not really having anyone athletic enough to stay in front of them. But just from the standpoint of, you know, they played Wright State last year. We're in the 60s. Appalachian State in the 60s. Bellarmine, I think, was in the 60s. I mean, you know, they scored 38 against Texas Tech last season. This was a team that really, really struggled to score the ball. And a lot of the questions around them was, okay, you bring in these new pieces, but can these guards do what, other than L. Ellis last year, Louisville couldn't do? And that's be able to break literally anyone down off the dribble get some looks for either yourself or other people. They still didn't have a lot of assists. I believe only eight or nine assists in the game, but really, you know, the offensive glass kind of became their version of an assist in the UMBC game. But just from the standpoint of you had guards that could get to the basket and create scoring opportunities for your team. And that's something we did not see at all from them last year. Yeah. They have some guys that can, can make plays and, and draw a second defender, Sky Clark, Tyler, you know, Mike James, um, Trey White is really good as an ISO guy. Um, they're going to f- face different de- defenders. You know, the size was a factor. And, but, but yeah, you have four guys that can create an offensive play when things break down. And last year it was relying solely on L. Ellis as far as a high ball screen, a, a zoom action. It was just expecting him to make a play. So, yeah, you have some other guys that can get to the basket where you're not just standing and, and ball watching. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, only making, you know, a few threes and, and not using that as a real factor. Yeah, there, there's opportunities for those guys that can create shots and looking to see what they're going to do as as the season goes on and the competition gets a lot stiffer. Yeah, it's going to get a lot stiffer quickly on Friday. Chattanooga is, uh, is a much is, – is, I, I no disrespect to UMBC, but Chattanooga is a better team than UMBC. They're a better program, more respected program than UMBC is there mm-hmm. about 60, 70 spots higher in Ken Palm than UMBC is to where I think you're going to get that quicker than obviously with uh, Texas mm-hmm. and the Empire Classic and then either Indiana or UConn after that, you're going to learn that quickly. But I look at it right now and you, you see a guy like Sky Clark where you looked at, I feel like the start of the game and the last chunk of the game, Louisville played their best when Sky Clark was attacking the basket. And UMBC didn't have anyone that could stay in front of them. And they basically said at one point, I feel like, look, we're going to get to our guards. We're going to let them attack the basket. And we're going to let that decide everything. And at the end of the day, UMBC couldn't stop it. And credit to Louisville, other than late in the first half and a couple stretches midway through the second half, when push came to shove, they went to something that they knew that was going to work over and over and over again on the offensive end. 
And 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 again, I found Sky Clark to be really, really impressive uh, from that standpoint, even though four of 11, not great shooting wise from the field, but he could get to the bucket whenever he wanted to. Tyler Johnson, I want to ask you about him, coach, because I wasn't sure what to expect from him. And I'm still not really sure what to expect from him, but he's a guy you can see this through the exhibitions as well. And I, and I know you've talked uh, with the uh, video breakdowns on ESPN Louisville Plus, which check those out if you haven't seen them. Um, seen them but he gives a lot of effort on the defensive end he's very much a hustle type guy and he's a dude that can kind of put his head down and drive his way into the basket as well what do you think about what uh you saw from tyler johnson in that game yeah and i liked i liked him and sky clark on the floor together now they had to match up with umbc's guard so they went smaller but you know early in the season you're not you're not sure which guys are going to be the best five on the floor for you which five like to play together, which five are able to get it done. And you kind of, you know, even initially Russ Smith and Peyton Siever weren't expected to be on the floor as much as they were. So sometimes you just, things just happen organically. And so when, when, when did, when did that moment click for you guys when you're like, uh, okay, these two dudes need to play together. Yeah. Probably that, that trip in 2012 to into the Bahamas, our foreign trip. Um, they had a synergy. Peyton was always a big fan of Russ. And so, um, you know, even in pickup games the year before Russ was hurt, but you know, those two, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. They had, they had that synergy and then you could just see it. And then when we got to practice, they just, they had a good, like, they just knew where each other w- was going to be. So yeah, it, it worked. And I'm not saying Sky Clark and, and Tyler are there, but defensively it takes some pressure off Skylar where, uh, you know, excuse me, Sky Clark, I did a combination there where Sky Clark doesn't have to guard the ball all the time because Tyler can do a much better job of, of pressuring full court and his pickup points and uh, navigating defensively through screens. So that could help. And, and, and those two are, yeah, those two are be able to create, get paint touches and, and be able to kick it out and, and get some shots for, for guys. So Tyler, Tyler was extremely impressive. Yeah, he was. He was someone, it was a little bit of a spark plug that, that I wasn't really expecting to see to where, again, you got to see it against better competition, but, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a start. It's a start. And I think that's kind of where we're at, or at least where I'm at with this, is that I feel like it's something. It's something positive you can look at and say, all right, you won a game. You're one and up. You can move, you can try to build on that and see if you can beat Chattanooga on Friday. And then I believe it's Coppin State the following Wednesday to where Correct. That, mm-hmm. that's one of those games like you should take care of business and, and win that game. Uh, game, I would think, looking at Coppin State. It's can you get to the Empire Classic at 3 0? I think is going to be the big question mark. And really, the thing I want to see is can this team defend at a higher level? I mean, we, we talked about a lot last week, just missed defensive rotations. Um, I mean, as much as we, as we just talked about Louisville's guards getting to the rim, UNBC can pretty much get to the rim whenever they wanted to as well throughout the game. How, how do you think, where can, I thought the first five, six minutes of the game, especially, which is where Dennis Evans really had his big impact on the game, both offensively and blocking a couple shots. Uh, so Louisville was really aggressive. They gave a lot of effort. They were able to stay in front of their man. And when they didn't, Dennis Evans could clean it up on the back end. But as the game went on, and Evans only played five minutes in the second half, and that's something where if you can't play him against smaller opponents, like, you know, full disclosure, I'm recording this on, you know, Tuesday night. We're recording this Tuesday night, and Indiana's playing Florida Gulf Coast right now. Kalel Ware, 
That's a double-double, and he hit a three. He can play on the outside a little bit. If, it, if Louisville and Indiana end up getting matched up against each other, can you not play Devin, 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 Dennis Evans? There we go. It's my turn there. Because, because Indiana has a dude that can step out and play on the perimeter a little bit? I feel like that's a matchup to where, especially in modern basketball, you're going to see that a lot to where guys can play on the perimeter. And can Dennis Evans, as much of an impact he had early in the game, He's got to be able to stay on the floor and defend in space and defend on the perimeter better or to the point to where Kenny Payne can trust him to play him in these situations. Because clearly we've seen this in the exhibitions and 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 uh, on on Monday night to where he doesn't trust him to do that right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, well, well, look, with Dennis Evans and expect him to be able to guard stretch players, stretch fours, stretch fives on, on the perimeter, it's going to be a struggle. Teams are going to put them in ball screens. Going to, teams are going to put them in dribble handoffs. That's exactly what UMBC did. The first basket of the game for UMBC, um, now that was Trey White allowing the blow by, but there was a wing ball screen. Dennis Evans wasn't calling the coverage early. He was behind. He got up late. It should have been an ice or a down where he plays the guy. And the guy had a straight line drive to the basket and scored. So putting him in multiple ball screens, putting him in actions is what teams are going to do. Yeah, he's not there yet. Um, you know, with, and with their amount of blowbys, with some of the things that that are are still an issue defensively, um, for whether it's a, a zone is an option for for Coach Payne. Look, you have a guy like Dennis Evans, you want to keep him around the basket. You know, with the ball screens up top, you can switch from the wings. You can bump the wings down. You can switch with the guards. There's different things you can do. That might not be his philosophy. Look, that that's that's not my call. But that's an option for him because they are struggling to keep teams in front. A Kentucky Wesleyan, and in this game, you know, 93 points to UMBC. You know that that would be disconcerting. It's funny you said that because as soon as you started talking, I was like, okay, do you th- do you think they should play zone? Because I, I absolutely think that would be a smart thing to do because when you have a guy that was the first, again, the first six, seven minutes of the game, I'm watching that and I'm like, 
okay. Dennis Evans is making a huge impact on both ends of the floor. He's grabbing every offensive rebound. He's getting put back dunks. He's blocking shots. He's cleaning the ball up on the defensive glass. You got to find a way to keep him on the floor. Because I think out of everyone Louisville has, and once again, you have to preface this with everything when talking about this game. You're playing UMBC. Will all this stuff work against Texas next week? We don't know. Because Texas is a lot bigger, a lot stronger, a lot lengthier than UMBC or Kentucky Wesleyan or Simmons is. But I think he could be the guy that has the chance to be the biggest impact player on this roster on both ends of the floor. And you got to figure out a way to keep mm. him on the floor. I, I'm not sure, you know, it, it, physically it's going to be a challenge for him as the year goes on and, and he's going to have trouble creating space offensively and, and not clogging and continually moving because it's going to get faster. The athletes are going to be bigger and stronger. You know, there's a couple of times UMBC's bigs were able to seal him and level him off and eliminate his shot blocking by getting into his chest. It, it, there's times I, I love his upside. I think he can be a heck of a player. Yeah. Is he going to be the most impactful player for this team this year? You know, I, I don't think so. With his presence defensively, he might just, you know, I, I, honestly for Dennis, I think a 10, 10 to maybe 15 minute of the game type of guy who can come in and, you know, run the floor, change shots. Maybe they change their defenses when he's in. That's where I think he can be effective. Interesting. I, I, I think potential-wise is kind of more of where I'm speaking of because he definitely has a lot of potential. And I'm not going to sit here and say, Dennis Evans is going to lead Louisville in scoring and score, you know, 17 points per game, 12 rebounds. I'm not, I'm not saying anything like that. But I think defensively, the way you can impact a game when you have that sort of elite shot blocker, to where especially if Louisville's going to struggle to keep guys in front of them as much as they have, they can clean up a lot of those mistakes on the perimeter. If you have someone like Dennis Evans who can who can uh, block some shots down there. Yeah, but it, you know what teams are going to do is put them in what what UMBC was doing the wing ball screens, the flat ball screens, and guards are really good uh, as far as snaking those ball screens, getting mid range shots. If he's in drop coverage every time, you know, and some of the speed with head fakes it's it's going to be a challenge. And look, for Coach Payne, I mentioned the zone. Some coaches believe they want their guys to be ready to be pros and they've got to be able to guard. So there's a philosophy there that they're getting their guys ready to be professional players. Some coaches just don't want to play a zone. So, like, that's part of it. But Dennis Evans, um, if he's around the basket, yeah, he's effective. But I can tell you this, Jack, there's not going to be a lot of teams. Teams, look, teams can recognize they're going to watch the game film and realize we bring Dennis Evans away from the basket or whoever he's guarding, we put him into a pick-and-pop situation, he's really going to struggle. Yeah, that's going to be something to where the development's going to have to come along because I'm with you. He's clearly not at that point right now, and you're going to have to figure out a way if you're Kenny Payne to try to get him along. Even if That's one of those things, even if it's not this year, that could be a multi-year type development thing for him because you just like the potential. He's oozing with potential. You just got to figure out a way to get him there. A guy that realized a little bit of potential, though, Mike James I, I kind of, you know, I, I should have brought him up earlier in this. The fact that he was, you know, talk about Sky Clark, Trey White, Tyler Johnson, all that stuff. Mike James was really big in this game. You know, you talk about just from the charity strike. Well, he was 13 of 14 from the free throw line. The rest of the team, I believe, was 11 of 20, 11 of 25, I believe. Is that correct? It's not very. I've got <laughs> Louisville, it here somewhere. Louisville yeah. took a lot of free throws and they missed a lot of free throws that weren't taken by mm. Mike James. But he was a guy that I felt like they could go to late in the game that, again, like everyone else, he could get by his guy whenever he wanted to and get to the basket, was able to finish, even hit one of Louisville's uh, only threes in the game. 
to where do how much it do you think how much of a jump do you think Mike James has made from last year to this year? And how oh, much does the uh, recovery yeah. from the injury have to do with it? Yeah, well, that's part of it. That was the jump last year, and now he's more comfortable, he's more explosive. He's you know, last year, and, and I can't speak for him, but coming off an Achilles injury, you know, you're just you're tentative on certain things. He just looks explosive. One thing about him uh, that you know, um, Dwayne Wade used to talk about is knowing how to get fouled. You just having the body and understanding how to lean in the guys and, and get your arms underneath in different ways. He knows how to get fouled. He knows when he gets in the lane, he knows how to get fouled. And that's even before he reaches the big. So, you know, he's a guy that can really earn uh, some points at the free throw line. And he's a guy that should get to the line six to eight times a game. And, uh, you know, one thing, again, mid-range game, um, that's something that for him, because guys are going to back off. Guys are not going to let him have straight line drives like they did the last two games. You know, guys are going to make him, okay, we're going to have to shoot a tough two. So that's something for him to work on right now, and that can just be a part of his evolution of his game as well. And looking at it, when we when we talked about, you know, what can translate against better competition, is Mike James being able to get to the free throw line something that, that could translate a little bit more, more even though, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, teams are going to be a lot better taking away those straight line drives that he got so easily on Monday night? Yeah, I think he knows how to get fouled. I think he knows how, how to use his body. Um, you know, Louisville runs some five out motion where they get some mid post ISOs. That could be an area where he can, you know, can navigate and get, you know, into the lane and create a shot or get fouled. So, yeah, I think he's still going to have any, and look, he likes to get out on the break and he is attacking that rim. So he's going to get some, some baskets that way or get to the free throw line because he's so aggressive in transition. Yeah. He's one of those guys to where, you know, that's one of the dudes you're going to have to rely on. If you're going to be, you know, a competent basketball team this year, you're going to need Mike James to be good. You're going to need Trey White, Sky Clark. I feel like it's a much more guard-oriented team than what we were expecting going going into it. Or is that – that might be more of an overreaction just to the first game, the fact that Kenny's played smaller lineups in, in the last exhibition and in this game than kind of what we were expecting to see. But I, I'm just going to – we've been hit, bouncing around the topic so much. So I'm just I'm just gonna go straight forward. Ask you, what from what Louisville did offensively is can, can they replicate against better competition on, on on either Friday or against Texas or you know the ACC schedule? Any of that? What can they replicate from that to where you can say, okay, this isn't just them blowing by smaller opponents that aren't quick enough to stay in front of them? Yeah. So that that part aside they can still be a great offensive rebounding team. They're athletic enough, and that's something. Be obsessed with going after. The, the, the best thing you could do offensively is get a second shot. There's only one thing better than that, getting a third shot. So if they can continue to get offensive rebounds, that's great. If they can get out in transition and get fouled and run. I mean, those are other ways. Sky Clark and Mike James and Trey White are great in transition. And Tyler. So you have guys that can get out and go. Now that starts with getting stops. So you got to be a, you know, it's connected to the, your defense. So if they can get stops and get out and run, you have guys that understand how to get to the rim and finish and you have offensive rebounding. So those things can be replicated. Those are things that can help this team get over, you know, a certain number of points. They're not going to score 94 points a game, but if they can get into the seventies, that's great for them. Yeah. That's one of those things where, you know, you brought it up. If, if you're going to, if you're going to be out in transition, how do you get out in transition? You get stops, you get turnovers, you get defensive rebounds. And defensive rebounding, that's something they struggled with against Wesley, and they were a lot better on the glass, especially the offensive glass, 
against um against UMBC to where where I'm with you. That needs to be kind of a core thing they do. You think about, you mm-hmm. know, the Kentucky teams of Calipari, the great teams he had. And I'm not saying that this is one of those teams, but but their best offense, a lot of times, like they didn't have great offensive teams. It was we're taller, longer, more athletic than you. We're just gonna keep throwing it off the backboard until we get a dunk. And, and that's, that's why you don't want to have you don't want to have turnovers. So if you get a shot off, you at least you get an opportunity to get a second shot. Turnovers and live ball turnovers, that's what really hurts you as an offensive team. Absolutely. And that's what Louisville's really got to avoid because they weren't great taking care of the ball either against UMBC. See, as they, you know, they turned it over again, you know, mm-hmm. 14 more times. I mean, that's right. That's not a, that's not a good number against a low major team. It's just, you've got to mm-hmm. be better than that. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and I feel like that's where you look at the questions of, of the things that we've been asking ourselves that that goes back to last year too, is kind of the carryover issues from a season ago of, okay, they're still not shooting the ball well, two of 14 from three. They're still not taking care of the ball. They're still having lapses defensively. These are a lot of the things that you're going to have to clean up if you're going to make the leap that Kenny Payne needs this team to make in, in this upcoming season. No question. No question. And, 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 and when looking at it, it's just one of those things to where, you know, you got the win. You did. And, and I, I want to be positive. I really do on, on this. You I are. Listen, yeah. Jack, yeah. I, I'm proud of you. You're being very positive, you know, but, <laughs> but like we could talk about this, but yeah. you know, really for us, it's a small sample size, you know, come next week, especially after the empire classic, we'll have a better feel of, of what this team's makeup is. Um, you know, it's great. And, and you should be positive and you should be excited. And, and Louisville fans, there's hope, but you know, the real thing is, okay, let's see where they are, you know, two weeks from now um, when they played the two tough teams in New York, they played a tough Chattanooga team. And let's see, you know, if there's continued building blocks and signs, then yeah, the excitement is warranted. Yeah. And I think, I think Chattanooga is a huge game Friday. And that's very weird to say Louisville Chattanooga is a huge game because that's the type of team to where, you know, not again, anymore, not, not anymore. Not anymore. It's not a strange thing to say. I mean, uh, you know, just understanding yeah. that, you know, where, where they are as a program, they, they have yeah. to understand that, listen, they, they can't come out. They can't be sloppy. This is what they are right now. They're building uh, an identity. So this will be another game. You got to come out. You've got to be, you know, you're not going to be able to give up 90 something points in, in a game like this and, and be able to stay in it. So yeah, this is, this is another litmus test for them for sure. Yeah. And that's really what worries me about, about, about this team is the fact that they scored 94 points, got whatever the heck they wanted on the offensive end, and they still needed a missed free throw and then UMBC not being able to get a shot off on the offensive end Mm -hmm. off of a rebound to survive that game. Right. The defense, to me, that's something to where that's been consistent now for a couple games. And, And it's still a small sample size. You've only played one regular season game, but we're podcasting and that's what we're here to do. We're here to overreact after one game. That's what, yeah, that, that's how it's supposed to be. And I'm looking at it. And team. that's that's what you do a great role of. I try and be the coach in the even keel. And uh yeah, I understand that. And that's yeah. why it's you know for 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 a lot of people and fans, yeah. Look, they're one and oh, like you mentioned. Uh coach is always in, and there's other programs that aren't. So yeah, it's good to revel in that. There's just a there's a lot of basketball to be played, Jack. A lot of basketball. <laughs> there absolutely is. And I look at them and I go, can you stop anyone? Because they haven't, other than Simmons College, who's a D3 team that, you know, 
it just Jacket. isn't on that level. You, you, yeah. Can you stop anyone? That's the question through two games against, you know, a Division II team in Kentucky Wesleyan and UMBC, who was picked six in the American East, who were both gonna, able to get pretty much whatever the heck they wanted against you. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle if they don't change some of the things. You know, their closeouts, the blow-bys, um, the positioning, the overhelp leaving their feet. I mean, they jumped at, at, at almost every shot fake last night. All the stuff that you got to clean up, that you have to do. You got to be disciplined. You got to have a mindset um, on the ball. Not tonight. You're not beating me. Then everybody's engaged off the ball. And that's just not there. And if they don't have that, it's going to be tough to stop the really good basketball teams. How do you teach someone to just stay in front of someone? Because I feel like that that's just such a simple concept that like, you know, I, I remember, you know, playing Jewish community center basketball. The whole idea was the only thing they, they, they taught us was, you know, you know, I was like, you know, five, six years old. It was stay between your man and the basket. That was the only, that was the only concept defensively. Just stay between well, the man and the basket. Well, there's and a don't lot let of good, him get by you. <laughs> right. There's a lot of good players who have good skills that can do that. And, and there's techniques. You're trying to catch moves. You're trying to anticipate film, understanding what, which, what a guy likes to do. Is he straight right hand? Does he cross over left to right? Film study is important. Understanding, having pride, not getting beat. And then having an unselfish defensive team that's going to have gap integrity that's not going to let the guy split you and you could trust your teammates. But, yeah, it starts individually. you got to have a pride that no one's going to get by you. And if you do consistently, you shouldn't be on the floor. Louisville, Louisville Chattanooga on Friday. Obviously, that's the game we were, you know, kind of looking ahead towards now. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen a lot of Chattanooga. I know they're a good program that was in the NCAA tournament, probably should have been Illinois in that NCAA tournament a couple of years ago. They've consistently made runs to the NCAA tournament. They're a top 200 team in Ken Palm. That's the type of team that, that you know, again, we let the show. James Madison beats Michigan State. Princeton, who obviously was in the Sweet 16 last year, beats Rutgers. You had, you know, Ohio State struggled. Northwestern trailed Binghamton at halftime. You had, you know, Oklahoma State losing to Abilene Christian tonight. Indiana mm -hmm. struggling with Florida Gulf Coast out of the Atlantic Sun. Well, yep. Yeah. The uh, uh, go ahead, Jack. No, no I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, Coach. I was just going to say you're, you're you're mentioning all the mid majors. Yeah. You know, the, those teams, some of those guys who haven't left the program, and uh, they're older. And the, the co cohesiveness of some of those other teams that you mentioned just isn't there yet. And these teams have, have been there and they understand, you know, they like playing with each other. They're older. It makes a huge difference. And you'll see a lot more mid-majors knocking off some of the big guys. Oh. And, uh, you know, at Chattanooga, I couldn't tell you, you know, where they are right now. And, and I'm going to do some film study over the next couple of days and really watch them. But, yeah, I mean, to come in here no matter what, you know, Louisville's got to be on guard because a UMBC and a Kentucky Wesleyan took them right down to the wire and they went one-on-one. -on -one. So, yeah, a Chattanooga is going to be a fiercer test for sure. Looking at, at you know, you know, some of these games, we'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit big picture here with, you know, kind of more national landscape here just for the last couple minutes here just to kind of, you know, mm -hmm. see what happened. Michigan State loses to James Madison. Or actually, I knew what I wanted to ask you. I lost my train of thought there for a second. That, that's my. How much is the COVID year, as, as, as we do kind of transition to this, how much does the COVID year have to, how much has that impacted the fact that, you know, we've seen a lot of these mid-major programs 
get old, stay old, the old saying there that's become so popular in college basketball the last couple of years. How much has that really helped them uh, try to, you know, take off and slay more of these giants that we've seen more and more often? Yeah, it, it's, it's had a huge impact. And, and uh, we'll see what happens over the next year because um, that does change it a little bit. And, and yeah, the COVID year has had a huge factor in some of these upsets for sure. What happens when the COVID year goes away? I know that's not, I know that's a very big picture that's not until next season type of deal, but it's been so conditioned the last few years of COVID year, COVID year, COVID year, get old, stay old. You know, all these experienced teams have been winning. Next season comes, you still have it, but the season after that, with no more COVID year, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with college. We don't need to answer that right now. It's a very big topic right. question type thing, but that's just a thought that I have that that's going to be interesting a couple years down the line. I want to ask you about Michigan State. Uh-huh. They- As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season, and we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When across the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They bring they brought so much talent back from a team that made the Sweet 16 uh, at a top two, three recruiting class. And and James Madison, you know, probably, you know, they're a better team than Chattanooga is, according to, you know, mm-hmm. Ken Palm, all the analytics. They're, they're picked to win their conference. They're a good, experienced, laden team, like we said. But how do they beat Michigan State in the Breslin Center to start a season? That's something to where, where I, I, I don't think Michigan State got nearly enough out of their front court. They relied too much on Tyson Walker. A.J. Hogarth, Jane Aikens didn't give them enough production mm-hmm. as well. And I didn't expect it to be a one-man Tyson Walker go out there and score 35 points and win us a ball game type right. contest against James Madison. That's kind of what it felt like there for the Spartans. Yeah, you kind of answered your own question. That wasn't Michigan State-esque. They weren't playing together. They weren't sharing the ball defensively. They weren't connected. But, yeah, it's it's something that Izzo will take that challenge, and that team will be strong by the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to happen. And, and those games, you know, we hadn't lost a non-conference to start the season. But, you know, listen, this is something 
you might load them up in, in football pads and have them out there battling the next day in practice. I want to ask you about this. I know it's been a, a big topic of discussion of, of, you know, I know, I know the national guys, uh, Doster mm-hmm. Goodman, them have talked about it a bunch on, on field 68 after dark. I, 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 you have Kansas and Illinois play in an exhibition game. You have Michigan state and Tennessee played in an exhibition game. Purdue mm-hmm. and Arkansas played in an exhibition game. And I'm not going to lie. I loved watching those exhibition games in October, but like, maybe they don't mean anything because, you know, it doesn't end up on the team sheet come selection Sunday. It doesn't end up, you know, no, you don't get a quad one at win for, for doing that. It's just kind of like a fun little event there that happens on, on the side. How come Michigan state's playing Tennessee in an exhibition and then two weeks later opening up with James Madison? Like, I, I just, to, what what's the thought process behind behind the amount of cupcakes that and of course Michigan State lost to James Madison James Madison in a cupcake but seeing so many of these games where high majors play low major teams instead of getting some of those matchups that again three incredible matchups that would would be up there for probably one of the best non conference weekends of the season in college basketball. Well, yeah, for well, Michigan State, yeah. for example, like they want to play anybody, anywhere, anytime. That's always been Izzo's mantra. So, and there's a lot of teams. Look, they want to play against the best. This is great. This, you're not going to get that. You've been playing against each other in practice, and you have really good players. You want to play against really good teams, and it's it's great. It, it and the optics are great too. In an age of NIL and being promoted and getting your team out there and people talking about you, it's another step towards that. So those exhibition games are great, um, and, and a lot of these teams want to be tested. You're seeing a lot of big time early games. It's fantastic. You know these teams want to find out where they're at, and financially it, it doesn't hurt in in building up an NIL and getting your team people excited about the kind of games you're playing early on. But I mean, an opening on a college basketball. I mean, the be- the first two nights of college basketball, the-, the marquee games are USC and Kansas State, which is, you know, fine. I mean, USC ended up blowing them out. Um, again, we're recording this on Tuesday night. Baylor-Auburn's about to tip off. I'm going to mm-hmm. – excuse me. I'm going to be watching that while I edit this and I get it ready to publish for uh, for Wednesday morning. But, but uh, and that's, you know, that's an okay game. I mean, Auburn's a team that I find interesting. I got to see him – I got to see him practice a couple weeks ago. You no, know, actually, yeah, they, which was pretty oh, cool. But, yeah, that the, was one of uh, – that was one of the cooler things watching. Oh, go, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the director of operations at Auburn used to play for me. So that's really cool. We got to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We got in there. Um, uh, I got a friend that covers the team and uh, they actually had an open practice. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) Well, watch, you got to see him scrimmage a bunch. Aiden Holloway is going to be a problem eventually. He he got to, he needs to grow into his body a little bit. He definitely Mm -hmm. looks like a freshman, but man, that kid can shoot the crap out of the ball. <laughs> he's gonna be. I think he's yeah, gonna be they, a lot of fun, especially uh, when they get into SEC play. But, but those two games, like those are fine games. You're like Oregon and Georgia is like the third is is the only other power conference versus power conference team. Boy, Jack, you're They're, a tough yeah. crowd, man. You got you got some big time games coming. You got Arizona and Duke. You got some other get big time games coming up. Yeah, but why well, not have Arizona Duke? Why not Arizona Duke Monday night? Uh, listen, hey, scheduling or whatnot, but yeah, you you make a good yeah. point. But listen, you got some big ones coming up. 
So and and, yeah, again, right. no, and, and we do like it's going to be a really fun month. Like I think overall, college basketball is doing a much better job than they used to. I mean, Feast Week is an absolute event. We got you know obviously mm-hmm. Louisville, a part of the Empire Classic, uh, kind of kicking that off. Uh, the yep. ACC SEC Challenge um, coming up in a few weeks. Uh, the Gavit Games with the Big East and the Big Ten right. this next week. You know the Big Ten. Did not has not had a great start to their season <laughs> the first couple of nights. Well, nights they have a chance to redeem themselves. They do, and it's a very long season. It's a and you know, there's nothing we love more doing than you know just overreacting. Michigan up 10 on UNT Asheville right now. And, and that's a very irrelevant score update that will mean nothing by the time this podcast. Well, well as soon as we yeah. as soon as we finish, I'm hitting I'm hitting the TV and watching all the games. Um, what's um uh Arizona and Duke? Duke, you brought it up. Uh, what's what's something you're looking forward to in that game? I just I just want to watch just that high level competition and and watch Duke's young guys and some of the older guys who progress. So to me, just just watching two high major teams, see how how advanced they are early in the season with some of their offensive philosophies and some of their defensive you know connectiveness. Like that that's fun to see. I like to see which teams just from a coach's standpoint, which teams are kind of getting it early. That's kind of the fun part for sure. Yeah, I think it's also going to be a lot of fun to see you know how they handled you know Arizona's transition game. Because they're yeah. you know, they're gonna want to get up and run oh, up and down the court. Oh, or uh, who who guards mm-hmm. Omar Balo? I think is going to be really interesting on that standpoint. I think uh, and who does Balo guard on the other end of the floor? I think it's gonna be really fun. The whole Caleb Love against Duke again, like again, mm-hmm. like that's the type of storyline that you can have on the opening night of the season, not you know the first weekend. But I, I digress. I know it's a uh, very very much a um. Uh, yeah, topic that that some people care about, others don't. Look, I kind of I kind of fall on on the standpoint of look, the more big games you have, you could never have enough of those. If you're college basketball, where you're trying to kind of fight your way into the national spotlight as much as you can, even though you know it's very much football season still for a lot of people right. when, when it comes to that. So I think that's pretty much all I got for tonight, Coach. Um, obviously Louisville Chattanooga coming up Friday night. We'll be reacting to that. I think. You know, because other than the Empire Classic, Louisville doesn't play Monday games the rest of the year. So I think we're going to shoot for kind of, you know, either record Sunday night, Monday morning, get that out on Mondays for the most part, coming up to try to be consistent on on that, that to where, you know, we'll be good there. But yeah, other than that, episode two, (laughs) we're doing good here. Boy Streets fights again, Louisville gets a win as as much as we want to criticize and critique everything at the end of the day. When you went four and twenty-eight last year, and you've had the couple years Louisville's had, you get a win. You're one and zero, and you can. We'll see if that's a building block. Not gonna lie, I, like there's some skepticism there to see how much of a building block it will be, but but you have the chance to have that now, thanks to the fact that you were able to escape that UMBC game. Just get the Ted Lasso believe poster over your uh, your door, and you'll be just fine. <laughs> All right, Floyd Street's finest. We'll be back next week here on the Field of 68 Podcast Network.